Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today, we're talking business practices and strategies. Oh man, we're talking about implementing the way that you can get the best out of your team and build a well-rounded organization to accomplish the goals you're, you're looking for with Eileen Stevens of the Culture Index. If you caught part one, which was last week, you heard way too much information about me, way too much information about my business partner, Chris. This week, we're going to be diving into our team. We had our leadership team take this survey as, re- as well, and we're going to be talking about the results of that and how they implement and play with each other and how they play into the roles that they serve in our organization. It's surprising how accurate this information is and how well applicable it is into our team and our organization. And I can't wait to uh, uh, unwrap this even more so with our team on a regular basis. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back. This is part two of a conversation that we're having with Eileen Stevens about the culture index. And it's been very eye-opening. If you missed part one, you got to go check it out. Part one, uh, we really dove into how the, the, the survey results came back for myself and for my business partner, Chris, and how they play together, how they conflict with each other, and how it kind of uh, builds a more unique and interesting team. With that, uh, also, Eileen did surveys on some of our leadership team. And so we're okay. going to dive into now how that plays in because each one of these people play a significantly different role within the organization. And uh, in part one, we kind of talked a little bit about how I had, uh, and Chris and I had had this conversation years ago that was more so like, man, we should just duplicate ourselves. If we could just clone ourselves then everything would be great. And then we learned that that was not a good, good thing. And so we have a lot of different, uh, different types of um, folks in our organization that carry out very specific roles. And so that's just kind of built this uh, augmented, this large team that they can focus on their roles uh, more, more importantly. So with that, I want to kind of dive into and welcome back for part two, Thank uh, you. dive into uh, to this this part of the conversation where we can really understand why it's important as you're building a well-rounded team and the things that you need to be looking for. Yes. And the, the crazy thing is in order to have a high performing team, you need diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. But it's that diversity of thought that's going to cause the miscommunications, the frustrations, the why doesn't this person think like me? What's wrong with them? Now we understand why. So we're building those communication bridges. And you, you talk a lot about and in, in part one, you talked a lot, too, about, you know, obviously you use this for hiring. Once you kind of get the, the get the traits figured out what you're looking for, then you can start to uh, do these surveys during the hiring process. So you can kind of know where they're going to fit in. But it, there's a lot of value in doing it on your existing team as well. Correct. So about 10% of the value is on the hiring side. The rest of it is, what do I do with these people now? How do we work with each other? How do we manage, motivate, and communicate? Which seat do these people belong in? Essentially, how we, do we set the game up to win? If I've got a football team, who do you need as a quarterback? Who do you need on the line? That's essentially what we're doing, is yep. we're playing a chess game. But we want to set it up so people are spending the majority of their time playing to their strengths. 
All right. So let's let's jump into it. Um, we have are we which order do we want to go in on your page or this order? Whatever you want to okay. do. So this is Mike. Uh, he is one of our project managers on the door hardware side. So he manages teams of people, coordinates projects, communicates with customers. So uh, we've got, I'll show you what the, what his results look like on here um, compared to some of the other ones. But uh, tell us a little bit about what we're looking at here. So again, we take the world of people and we break them up into typified profiles. And this is not to pigeonhole and say, this is all that person's ever going to be. But the titles do have a kind of a meaning to them. Mm -hmm. So Mike is what we call a philosopher. So right. think of Mike like the mad professor. What he loves to do is take his high A, visionary, forward thinking, his low B, social ability, so I'm looking at facts and data. My high C can do deep level, single focus thinking, but my low D gives me some out of the box thinking. Logic of nine, so something doesn't go as expected, very much calm in the storm. Ingenuity of zero, his ideas are going to be more inside of a kind of a predefined box, if you will. He's going to kind of tweak the wheel mm -hmm. to make it better, faster, stronger. So philosophers, what they're really good at is big picture or macro situational problem solving. All right. They love to solve big puzzles and projects. Once they solve it, however, they do not want to document it. So here's Mike in second, third grade doing math, writes the answer down to the math problem. The teacher says, show his work. He says, why? The answer is right there. Yep. So he loves to solve the problem but we need to surround him with somebody to document it so other people can now duplicate it. It's funny. I've had many conversations with Mike through projects and I'll say, Hey, how did this project go? Everything went great. Got it all figured out. And, you know, the, whatever. And then somebody else will come alongside and say, Oh, it was a disaster. We had a, this and this and this and this problem. And then you say, Hey Mike, what about all these problems? And he'll say, Oh yeah, they came up, but we got them solved. I don't that it, it's yeah. done, right? It's and, done. And, and that's very much what you're saying here on the logic side. It's like, mm -hmm. I, it was a problem. We addressed it. We got it fixed and we are, we're finished with it. Yeah. So we solved it. We moved on. I need that next big challenge. Yes. Because his brain sits at 30,000 feet in the air. Mike doesn't see graphs. He sees patterns. Mm -hmm. So it's a very big picture macro situational problem solver. All right. And that's, that is a good person for a project management type role outside of the documentation side. Does Correct. not like to document it. Correct. Now, and that's where the team design piece comes in. Now we know what his strengths are. Again, definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and expecting a different result. Yep. So we need to surround him so, so himself with somebody that's going to take it and document it so now other people can follow it. All right. So if, if you need that information documented and which one of the things... I just dropped that on the ground. One of the things that we uh, we have worked on is on the sales side of things, making sure that information is documented up front so that we don't have to do it after the fact. And that's probably a, one of the driving forces around that. Yes. All right. So I wanted to jump in. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I see that. on. The, let me see if this paper that I dropped on the ground. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Slippery yes. papers. This is this is Andrew. So Andrew is a project manager as well, but on the electronics side. So he, he and Mike play very similar roles, but with different products. Okay. So Andrew, when you meet somebody, whatever trade is the furthest on the right-hand side is kind of what you're shaking hands with, or now we bump elbows or whatever it is we're doing during COVID. Mike or Andrew, his social ability, his identity in life is relationships. Mm-hmm. If you need to know somebody that knows somebody, Andrew knows everybody. Mm -hmm. So he's very relationship driven, thinks out loud, um, gets, he gets a lot of energy from people, gives energy to people. Again, the glue in the organization, mm -hmm. facilitating information around the organization. 
his low A versus Mike's high A, he is more tactical or focused on today. His low C juggles a lot. But both Mike and Andrew do have that low conformity trait, which is that out-of-the-box thinking, resilience. Mm-hmm. Both need somebody documenting. Gotcha. And I, I, I can say that that is the, the truth. Both need, need help documenting. So this is, is, is interesting here, too. I'm looking at the job behaviors. On their job behaviors, outside of the L and I, they're very similar on the scale. They're just shifted over, but the center line still is the same. Yes, center line is the same. It just moves in relationship to the EU. That red arrow being the center Mm -hmm. of that bell curve. So just imagine laying a standard Six Sigma bell curve over that. So a 10 is not a 10, a 0 is not a 0. What you're looking at is the relationship of the traits. Both of them right now see the job as being very systematic, methodical, process-driven, step-by-step. That's what they see that role really requires. Probably because they're compensating with the low D, that's how they're compensating it, is by checklists. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Okay. So, uh, man, this is, this is very eye-opening. And the truth be told, on the sociability side, uh, Andrew, so they share an office. Andrew and Mike share an office. But very frequently, Andrew is in the sales office and Mike is by himself. Yes. And that is actually a good thing because... Andrew kind of walk fast, talk fast, mm-hmm. whereas Mike's wanting to have ta- uninterrupted time to think and to work. Mm-hmm. If Mike gets interrupted too much, it will be frustrated if he can't get stuff off his checklist because that high C methodical nature, single focused, every time you interrupt him, it takes him a while to get back to where he was. Yep. So it's probably a good idea. Andrew isn't in there all the time. Very cool. This is this is probably a very we're going to. St- we're going to change offices up pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> so also on the, the logic side versus ingenuity, mm-hmm. uh, they, they both have a higher sense of logic, but uh, Andrew's is a four where yep. Mike's is a nine. Yep. So Andrew's in the mid range. So especially with that social ability on the high side, the yellow dot, I am a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. I need a sounding board. So think of it like Castaway with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. The high sociability needs a Wilson. Gotcha. He needs somebody to talk through talk to and balance ideas off of the mid logic when things don't go as expected you're going to hear some passion around that mm-hmm. because the high b is verbal social abilities verbally processing that emotion gotcha okay so that's something to be mindful of when you're working with people that the way that they respond to something coming up that was not in the plan yeah, some sort of upset so mm-hmm. mike is going to be very methodical the way that he responds to it andrew is going to like you said earlier, show a little emotion, but then come back and be able to, to work through and solve the problem. Yep. Once, once I process that emotion, then the logic kicks in. All right. Exactly. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to Zach, who is in our sales organization and leads our sales team. So uh, I guess I can show this, this chart up here as well. Okay. So job behaviors at EU mental stamina energy units of two, mm-hmm. the survey probably timed out on him because a typical scale is eight to 85. So gotcha. we may want to have Zach retake that could have been an internet blip or something. So what's interesting with, with Zach. So again, the one high trait is that social ability. So Zach is all about relationships. I get energy from people. I give energy to people because I am relationship oriented in the sales world. I also don't want to disappoint relationships. Mm -hmm. So we do want to give Zach a smaller negotiating room because he wants the customer to like him too. Mm -hmm. Right. Nothing wrong here. He's great at opening doors. We to set the game up to win though. We don't want him giving away too much margin. So he's kind of a walk fast, talk fast guy. He's a team player. 
what you will notice that his red and his green are stacked on top of each other. So this is a very interesting combination. Think of that A trait. Can you show it again so yeah. the viewers can see it? So think of that A trait as I'm sticking my foot on the gas in the car. Mm-hmm. Think of the D trait as I'm sticking my foot on the brake. So in Zach's mind, he sees macro and micro at the same time. I've got my foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. Because that high social ability is a verbal processor, you will actually hear him talk through both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So imagine the A is like I've got an angel on the shoulder and the D is like I got a devil on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the angel tells Zach, go for it. And the devil says, I don't know. Are you sure? Did mm-hmm. you dot all the I's, cross all the T's? So it's helpful for him to understand that, especially when you're talking to a customer, is to think before you speak and yep. don't throw out macro and micro because people will become confused. It's funny, through conversations with Zach, he will literally use that statement. I have to make sure I cross all my, I dot all my I's and cross all my T's. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of his process. And he will debate both sides of the pros and cons equally um, through the process to try to come to the best conclusion. And that's what that is, is the, the AD conflict. So the coaching for Zach is, is when you hear that kind of that devil chirp in your ear that makes you second guess, Mm -hmm. just know that's all that is. Take your foot off the brake, move yourself forward so you don't miss out on opportunity. Years ago, I had a gentleman in in, um, Canada Mm -hmm. sit back when I explained that AD conflict, seeing macro and micro. He sat back in his chair and he said, you know what, Eileen? That right there has cost me at least $5 million in my lifetime because other people took my ideas to market. So just listen for it. Know that that's what it is. Take your foot off the brake. Give yourself the freedom to move forward. The other thing is proactively to reach out to Zach to see what the angel and devil are battling over and get him unstuck. Gotcha. He can he could get stuck easily. Uh, it, I just put on here, don't let yourself talk yourself out of doing something. Exactly. All right. Uh, so outside of that, we're not quite sure if, if this is, is completely accurate, but from a logic side, he is high logic and ingenuity side, he's, he's on, the low, on the low side. Yep. Or on, a, on, a, on the low side of the scale. Yep. So think of it as being black and white. I see the tree is a tree, unless you tell me you can make that into paper. I just pay attention to what's real, what's in front of me. Now, from a team dynamic span- standpoint, if you look at your ingenuity of nine versus his ingenuity of zero, mm-hmm. this is where you will potentially have missings. Sure. Because you're throwing out abstract. He's looking for concrete. Gotcha. Okay. Very, very helpful. All right. Next is Lucas, who is one of our app developers. Um, So I'll show his. Lucas is our senior app developer. So think of Lucas as like this this super organizational powerhouse. Mm -hmm. So he is a great interpreter for you, actually. Mm -hmm. So can you hold yours up in front of Lucas's on top of it? And let me explain why. Like lay it over like that? Like. Oh, I'll get you. Need some direction here. Like this? There we go. Well, other way. Put yours on top. Okay. Okay. So both of you are high A's, but yours is much higher. What that means is Lucas can interpret your and see your vision to a degree. He's not as visionary as you, but he can see a lot of it. Also high social ability. Both of you very impatient with that low C, but now his high D green dot conformity trait takes your vision and figures out how to execute it. He's a great interpreter for all of your ideas. He's also very high logic, very high ingenuity like yourself. So lots of ideas running through his head. His are going to be around a lot around organization pieces, making things very efficient. Mm-hmm. That high conformity trait, green dot, D is in dog. All traits kind of have a fear in life. The high D's fear in life is something's going to go wrong that has my name on it. Mm-hmm. What that means is that 
he has a lot of ideas he's not telling you. Yep. He's not going to voice them until he's 100% sure that it's the right way to go. Because that foot on the brake, removing risk, doesn't want to pitch an idea until he's really has it documented and executed uh, on how to execute it. But it doesn't mean the ideas aren't there. So that's why that brilliant brainstorming where we're just true freeform thought, you're going to get a lot more out of him than, than just asking him on the fly again. He's got the ideas. He's just not going to voice him until he's sure. So when Lucas joined our team, we had many sessions and a majority of our first couple of months together were in a room with a large whiteboard. So we have a, a room, one of our huddle rooms here, and it's just the entire wall is painted with whiteboard. And we would draw out ideas and concepts. This is kind of the way we want to do. And Lucas has several notebooks like this where he would document how to bring those things to life. And so just recently we launched uh, a public app, a web app, and it was born out of kind of all those conversations. And and that part of it was something that he came up with on his own to bring to the table um, to, to bring that to life based out of all of these conversations. So what you said is very, very true. I can give him a much more abstract understanding of what I'm trying to to accomplish, and he can dissect it. He can understand it. He can uh, uh, he can bring it to life without me having to give him all the steps and details. He can make those steps and details up on his own. Exactly. So think of that high ingenuity like that as being MacGyver. He's mm. very MacGyvery. Very interesting. All right. Uh, let's see on the the A B. Um, so and he's he's high logic, mm-hmm. high ingenuity. Uh, so he also is uh, 43 on his energy units and 50 on his job behavior. So that means that he's probably pushing out more than yeah. what he needs to at the moment. He's given a little more than he has. But if you look at the difference between his survey traits and job behaviors, that tells you why. Mm-hmm. Because he's really pulling up that relationship piece and he's really pulling down that conformity piece, that D is in dog, green dot. So I'm really take, probably taking some risks I'm not comfortable with right now because I can't be assured to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Very true. All right. I like this. All right. Let's see. We're going to move over here to Thomas. Thomas is our training director. Okay. So Thomas is what we call a coordinator. So coordinators are very good at coordinating information with and through people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of walk fast, talk fast, juggle a lot at the same time. When you are a high autonomy trait, Chad, such as yourself, This particular profile can sound like a high A to you because of their communication style. Mm -hmm. So we just give them flour and sugar and tell them to bake a cake and assume that they're reading our mind. Mm -hmm. It's not. He wants more clarity of expectations before he's willing to jump in. And he he wants to make sure all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. Um, That logic of one, he does walk into a room, read people exceptionally well. Um, But if things don't go as expected, you're probably going to hear some passion around that. Yes. So he wants some clarity on expectations. Um, and I've, that, that I've seen that play out a lot because um, there, hey, is this what you're looking for? Is this, I, I, I've put this together, but can you look over it to make sure that it's what you, are, what you are wanting? And I push back on a lot of that because I say, we already had this conversation. Why do I need to look at it again? I don't need to, I don't need to yeah. micromanage that process, but that's why he's it, asking for that. Yep. Final confirmation to take my foot off the brake. Now, Thomas is an inductive thinker. So inductive thinkers, the way that they think is they gather information from others and they kind of build up from the bottom. So deductive thinkers like yourself take facts, data, and information, put it in your brain, deduce off or reduce down the unimportant. Mm -hmm. And you like to figure things out on your own. So good independent decision making. Also hard-headed because you don't want to ask for help. 
Okay, now Thomas is inductive. So I factor in feelings and experience. So that means I have to experience it before for me to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. If I haven't experienced it before, it doesn't mean anything. So Five Star Hotel hires a lot of inductive thinkers to work in the hotel. Part of their onboarding experience is to stay in the hotel. Because what's the chance that a maid has stayed in a five-star hotel before? They probably haven't, so they have no context of what it should feel like to stay in the hotel. But once they experience it, now they know. So Thomas needs that experiential piece. Now, inductive thinkers are very good at understanding how other people will experience things. So a lot of graphics designers, for example, might be inductive thinkers because they understand how other people will experience it as well. All right. I like this. From a perspective of a training director, so he is taking people uh, within our organization, onboarding them, and then giving them the tools and resources to train. What are some uh, some things that we need, we need to be cautious of or things that are really play well into that role? So the one thing I would, I would talk to Thomas about and teach him is the difference between deductive and inductive. Because if he is onboarding a deductive pe- person, he's going to naturally onboard them like he would want to be onboarded, which is experientially. It's not that experience really is bad, but deductive thinkers want to take all that information, put it in their head and figure it out themselves. So they'll get frustrated or feeling like they're being held back mm-hmm. if they don't get just have a bunch of information and let them go figure it out in their heads. Okay. I like that. Very good information. Uh, Sam is our purchasing manager. So he handles uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, repeat processes. Okay. So he's what we call a craftsman. So craftsmen love them because they roll in. They're no fuss, no must, no drama. They just sit down. They do great work. They're very, they are creatures of habit. So you can kind of set your clock by them. They drive to work the same way. If they like a certain kind of jeans, they have five pairs and six <laughs> pairs in the closet in case the manufacturer stops making them. Right? So they're just, you just set your clock by them. They're great brick and mortar of an organization. Mm-hmm. What you want to watch out for with craftsmen, however, all traits have, or all profiles have pluses and minuses, sure. is they're not great at advocating for themselves. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we can dump way too much on them and they think they, quote, should be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. But they don't say anything until it's a much bigger deal. Yeah. So that is why for my clients, that is one of the profiles or one of the reasons they will have people take the survey on some sort of regular basis, once a year, twice a year, once a quarter, because we're looking for people like that, that we have stressed out that we don't know it because they just don't tell us. So a couple side points on this from, from their perspective, Sam shows up here every day at 630 and like literally 630, we have an annual Christmas party and he's always the first one there. He's most of the time there before we're ready for him to be there. Uh, and, but he also had, we, we do a weekly report with our team and one of the things is kind of your workload and, and you get to measure that. And he more frequently than not states that he's overwhelmed with his workload. But getting him to verbalize that and explain why is a very difficult process. So he's yes. aware that he feels overwhelmed, but not quite sure how to help get other people to help him. Is, right. is that based off of mm-hmm. what you're seeing here? And as a deductive thinker, of course, I want to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy giving a little more direction, context. Got to check his pulse once in a while. And if you look at how low his social ability is, that yellow dot on the left, mm-hmm. he really it's like that old E.F. Hutton commercial when Sam talks, people listen, because when he talks, he's really only talking for a reason. Yeah. So put him on the agenda. Make sure we are vetting him out. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're asking him his input because he is very much a sit back and observe kind of a guy. But when he speaks, he's got it very well thought out. 
And that is very true. He does presentations for us in our team meetings quite frequently, and he has bullet points and things ready to rock and roll. Uh, all right, let's do let's do Levi next. So Levi is actually Sam's twin brother, um, and he is uh, in charge of customer uh, customer success. All right, so they both are what you call craftsmen, but if you look at Levi, his traits are much closer to the arrow. So when the traits are close to the arrow, it's it, think of it like situationally flexible. I can move kind of when I need to. So similar in nature in that regard to Sam's profile, his traits are much more obvious. So we bring both of them into the same room. We're going to notice Sam's traits first mm-hmm. because they are stronger or further away from the arrow. Gotcha. Levi has them as well. Levi also has that AD conflict, foot on the gas, foot on the brake. That low social ability, yellow dot, thinks before they speak. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that it's going on. The angel and devil are talking. But unlike Zach, where you're hearing him process the information, Levi, it's going on in his head. So if he ever doesn't do something he said he was going to do, it's because of that angel and devil talking in his ear at the same time. So reaching out to him on a regular basis to find out what he's stuck on gets him unstuck, and he'll be more productive. All right. So he could could struggle with follow through, but it's because he's stuck rather than he forgot about it. Correct. Okay. That's very intriguing. Uh, I'm trying to write down notes here. Um, okay. And then uh, lastly on here, we have Nathan Hammer, who is uh, in charge of our service management team. All right. So this is a very rare profile. When all four traits fall on the norm line, the red arrow, it's what we call a chameleon. It's less than 1% of the population. So when you meet this person, how they're going to behave is dependent upon who they are around. So they're very, very situationally flexible. Nathan's also confused why other people can't be so situationally flexible as well. So love that because you can drop him in anywhere and he fits in everywhere. But for Nathan to understand that most people aren't built like that, 99, more than 99% of the population is not built like that. They're confused that he is so flexible. So he, the kind of coaching for him is, Nathan, when you show up to work, just try to be consistent because that helps other people understand you. So if you put him with somebody that's a high social ability, you'll see him be more demonstrative. Mm-hmm. If you put him with low social ability, you'll see him it'll be a little more quiet and reserved because he just flexes to whomever he's around. He also has that AD conflict, foot on the gas and foot on the brake. So you want to get him unstuck. He'll be more productive. So when we look at this as an organization, and we've got kind of everybody spread out here, and I've got papers all over the place, so now we won't be able to see anything, but... When you look at that, how do you see where, where are things that as an organization we may need to say we're, we're leaning way, way one way or, or another way or, or how, what's, our, what's our, um, our balance? Yeah. So first of all, it depends on your goals. Okay. How fast you want to grow, how much market share you want to take, what other irons or ideas do you have in the fire? So to keep this kind of simple, if you will, your high A, like yourself, Chad, the mm-hmm. autonomy trait, red dot on the right-hand side, gets things going inside the organization. Mm-hmm. Your high social ability, like Andrew, facilitates the information around the organization. And your high D, green dot conformity trait, those are the people that ac- execute. Gotcha. Okay. So if you, when you're building in a team, you want to say, hey, we need people that can actually get the information, communicate it around, but then also people that can actually get it done and less worrying about talking about it, but actually getting it done. Correct. Okay. Right. And, if, and if you're out of balance on that, if, all your, all, if everybody on the team just wants to talk about what they're going to do, 
then you're probably yeah. just going to be in a consistent conversation. Yeah, you have a lot of talk and no action. Yeah. So you need, again, that blending of traits. Mm-hmm. Always we want to look at what are we actually asking that role to do. Okay. Do we have the right people in the right roles? And do you have any diamonds in the rough? So somebody built like your profile, Chad, um, was sitting in, if you can hold that up, sitting in one of my clients in accounts payable, accounts receivable. <laughs> How well are you going to do that job, Chad? Yeah. Probably not very well. Not very well, right? I have a lot of new processes started, but none of them will be finished. Right. But, and there's managers like, well, she's doing okay. Well, the high A is always doing something to lead to something, to mm-hmm. lead to a goal. So I said, well, let's talk to her and find out why she's in this role. So this particular client, they have a bunch of salons. They license cosmetology schools. And they also do consulting because most salon owners are artists, not business owners. Sure. So they teach salon owners actually how to run a business. So we brought her in and I said, you know, what's your futuristic goal for yourself? Again, that high A futuristic thinking. Mm-hmm. She says, oh, well, I started a salon when I was 17 years old and it failed because I didn't understand finance and processes. Now I know why she's in that role. She's learning. Mm-hmm. So she walked out and I, she said, here's, you know, my future goals of how many salons I want to open by when she walks out of the door. I said, looked at the CEO and I said, you can either promote her or you just trained your competition. Yeah. Next week they put her in charge of their biggest salon. Four months later, they're like, Eileen. She's the best salon manager we've had hands down. Sure. She was sitting there. They just didn't know what they had. So doing these culture indexes will help you with making hiring decisions, but it can also open up the information inside your organization to kind of understand why people are in the role and how they can navigate throughout your organization to work the best as a team. Right. To work the best as a team, because again, that teamwork is what sets any company apart from another. Yes. But we can't have a high-functioning team until we understand what everybody brings to the table because the natural human tendency is to go, why don't you think like me? What's wrong with you? Now we understand why we have different traits and different roles. Gotcha. And how to work within them. Well, Eileen, I want to be mindful of your time because I know we've taken up way more time than we planned for. And I appreciate you sticking around for part two because it's very informative. I think if anybody has listened to just this episode, they should obviously go back and listen to one uh, part one and kind of bring those things together. If they want to find out more about this and they say, hey, we want to get this for our team. What needs to happen? What's the process? Um, All you got to do is contact me. Okay. um, And we'll set you up with logins to our system. Survey the team yourself. We let you do this on our dime. And we can have a a follow-up conversation, explain what it is and how to make the team much more effective, more efficient. There you go. Well, thank you very much for uh, your assistance with this. And we'll continue to navigate next steps for our organization because it's very valuable, very informative. And I think when you have this type of information, it allows you as a business leader to make much better defined decisions because you now know who's on your team and and best ways to to utilize them and get the most for your for your organization yeah. so so kurt graves that introduced us he he calls me ceo or xanax for ceos because <laughs> i help alleviate some of that stress sure. frustration guessing yeah and right now again during covid everybody's tired they're mentally tired so you're getting the best and the worst of people mm-hmm. so that's why people are normally very stable or acting up this just gives us some tools to go in and get everybody functioning towards one overall goal, everybody on the same page. Very much so. Thank you very much for, uh, for your information and participating uh, in our podcast. And we'll have all your information linked uh, on whatever platform you're listening on this. It'll be there and obviously on our website as well. You can check that out at lockdoc.net slash podcast. So thank you very much for being here today. All right. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. 
Eileen, I cannot thank you enough for the time that you spent with us. Uh, it is just transformational for our organization. We definitely would highly recommend the culture index and this survey to any company that's watching this small, medium, large, you're going to get great value out of it. Uh, I have been uh, enamored with personality assessments and uh, these types of uh, surveys for a long period of time. Uh, as I mentioned in part one, uh, I am a big fan of the the uh, the Idea Monkey, the book that r talks about how uh, visionary and integrator work together. It's talked a lot about in the book, Attraction. And a lot of the books that you're going to read when it comes to business development is going to talk about these types of roles. And identifying those traits inside of people will help to take your business from a certain level to the next. And so it's a very much of a priority for you to be focused on that. If you've never looked at any of this before, I highly encourage you to check it out. So make sure you click the links below, go to the Culture Index website, make sure you put in the uh, where you found out about this with uh, Eileen Stevens' name, or you can put in my name or the Coffee Break Podcast to make sure it gets to the right person and she'll be able to help you out with that. So make sure you check that out uh, and take full, she's given you a, the ability to test drive this absolutely free. So check that out uh, and take advantage of that. If this is your first time watching or listening, get in to our website, lockdoc.net slash podcast. We've got over a hundred other episodes that are very near to these types of topics, business ideas, practices, and strategies, ways that you can implement these types of processes into your business. So get over there, check it out, make, your, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, or you can see all the video versions of these on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for LockDoc and Podcast. It'll be there for you. Thank you very much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.